0: Today's episode of Locked On Box is brought to you by CBDMD. Whether you're a pro athlete, an exhausted parent, or you spend all day in an office chair, CBDMD wants to give you the support you need to make it through the day. CBD Freeze and Recover are an outstanding duo of topical products with specialized formulas to provide targeted relief where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try Freeze, Recover, and every other CBDMD product, You can take 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up, down. to Locked On Bucks. I'm Justin Garcia coming off the bench and filling in for Kane Pittman. Coming to you live from Fiserv Forum, as the sound you can hear in the background is people. For the first time in almost a year, the Bucks welcomed fans back into Fiserv Forum today. So, 250 fans were planned for. We'll see 500 planned for in Thursday's game against the Raptors as well. 750 Friday and then 1800 is the plan which is about 10% capacity for Sunday's game against the Kings they're going to be at around 1800 for hopefully a month or so and they hope to get the clearance to ramp it up to 25% capacity after that at some point in the second half schedule here but um, before we dive into this game against the toronto raptors just my experience from being here and and look i I know I've, i've shared these stories on this very podcast before but i've been fortunate enough to be in the arena all season long and doing our games out of the arena as well when the bucks were playing in the bubble so for me the normal here had been coming into this arena and not seeing anybody and for road games we would come in here and it was myself and ted davis and our engineer ryan elliott And it was essentially just us and Jim and Marcus and Zora Stevenson. We were the only ones in this building for road games for home games. It wasn't much more than that, that it was basically same grouping of us in radio and TV, the producers and uh, engineers for TV as well. But other than that, and outside of a handful of arena uh, employees and team employees, that was it. So now to all of a sudden see people sitting in the stands and people walking around the concourse and to see concession stands open and by the way to see the bucks new state-of-the-art app and how you can order food from the concession stands and really for me the thing that put it over the top was just seeing the amount of personnel in the building the employees as soon as you walked in because my traditional experience was i would come in through a service door, i would get my health screening and from there i would go to the elevator Take the elevator up to the second floor, make my way to the radio booth, and that was it. And I would see nobody. You were kind of on your own. And by the way, don't touch anything and wash your hands, whatever you do. Now, I mean, we had people, we had ushers, we had other people at the, uh, the entrance waiting and greeting you as you came in. And just seeing the amount of people that were here again, it was, it was, it took some getting used to. But it was certainly a welcome change that the unfortunate part was. We got used to seeing nobody here and we being again me that i know i'm very fortunate to be one of the few that have been in this building for the last year but you got used to seeing nobody in this building and that was kind of the norm and i mean there was no lights there was curtains pulled the whole time And now you walk into this, you see people, you see fans in the stands, you see more and more team employees here. You see the best part about this is the amount of employees that were able to come back and that the Bucks are able to pay now with fans coming into the stands. And some of the workers that weren't being utilized because there was no need for it, well, now they're back to work. And that certainly is a good thing. But seeing that and seeing more people sprinkled around the building, seeing all the lights on and things of that nature, uh, it took some adjusting and some getting used to. And that's just going to be our new norm now you get the sense but uh, it was a welcome change and and you kind of you warmed up to it and you you didn't even notice it as the game went on so I would imagine that's going to continue to happen here over the course of this week and through the weekend where we'll see more and more people here I mean by my count uh, it looked like there was maybe around 100 people in seats here and I know that 250 figure was factoring in for team employees and building personnel and everybody that was going to be within the building here. But it looked as though we had about 100 fans in the crowd. And I think Coach Budenholzer put it best, where whether you're on the side of, man, this seems like a lot of people or this doesn't seem like a whole lot, I think especially if you thought this doesn't seem like a whole lot to have 250 people. Well, as the coach put it, when you're used to having nobody and you're used to just having you know team personnel that are sitting in the first row there, and playing in the bubble and seeing nobody and seeing the same setup where it was just people that were level one and basically team employees and that's all that you had in the arena when you're used to that even seeing a hundred people is going to feel like a ton so once you get to the weekend and we're hopefully up to 1800 people it's going to feel like it is a massive amount of people that are in this building so we know the bucks play better at home traditionally i don't think that you've necessarily been missing anything here and I, I don't know that the Bucks are going to be getting a boost from returning home I guess I should say from having fans return to the building uh, or at least a tangible one that we can point to in terms of the numbers but if there is one I think we saw it in the first half tonight and that was a play of Pat Connaughton that Pat Connaughton is just the guy that is probably best suited to play in front of crowd and in front of fans i should say and i actually had the chance to talk with pat Connaughton on the other show which by the way if you haven't checked it out already i'm going to use this platform to put in a shameless plug bucks courtside live it's myself it's melanie ricks who you can see is the in arena host for the bucks on every game and you can see her now in person as fans are being welcomed back in the arena but it's myself and mel before every bucks home game two hours prior to tip off on bucks.com slash live or you can watch the show on the bucks app I had the chance to talk with Pat Connaughton before the game today. So the big boost that Pat Connaughton put out there, I mean, that was the courtside live bump. You're welcome. But he was talking about the fans as well in that it was just so difficult and there's going to be a lot of adjustments for players that we kind of saw them go through the adjustments for the good going into the bubble where all of a sudden you step into the spot and you realize, you know what, this is tailor-made for shooting. And we saw the offense's – just jump up another level where we all wondered going into the bubble, are we going to see some sloppy basketball here? And is this going to be kind of a rough watch as we get things started? And is it going to take time for fans to, or for players, excuse me, to get ramped up and, and up to speed here? We saw the opposite where the offense is just from the moment they arrived in the bubble were clicking. And a lot of that had to do with the sight lines and not having any fans. You don't have to deal with any of those distractions, the noises, the visuals of you're not seeing any of that when you're looking at the basket it's just a backdrop and think about what the bucks have done in the arena here where it's opened up to fans but still the areas immediately behind the basket those are still tarped off and i would imagine those will gradually move away here maybe even over the course of this weekend but as pat said it wasn't a difficult transition because it made it that much easier for you the difficult transition is going to come now once the arenas return to not necessarily full capacity, but more and more fans in the building, and you're seeing fans behind the basket, and you're having to readjust to all that because I don't think it's coincidental that offense has just been off the charts this season. I'm not saying that's the entire reason for it. We've seen this become more and more of an offensive league where think about you know, we point to three-point attempts and three-point percentages and points scored, and it's going up across the board for every team in wins and losses. losses. So that's a component to it. Uh, but the sight lines and all that, that's going to be another adjustment for the players as fans are starting to be welcomed back into the arena. So you do wonder if we'll see a little bit of a dip offensively, not necessarily prolonged, and if it lasts through the year. But if we see a moment uh, a momentary dip there where – All of a sudden, you got to work back up, and we see maybe it's a couple of weeks where the offense takes a step backward, and then it makes its way back into form. But to to round out the point, Pat Connaughton is a guy that just seems like he plays better when he's playing in front of a crowd, and he feeds off the energy. He creates a lot of that energy for the crowd. And as I was talking about on that pregame show on, on Courtside Live, and I talked about this with Pat, I think when you think about those moments and think about the big moments we've witnessed here for those exciting plays and plays that really bring the fans out and get the crowd energized, sure, a lot of them have to do with Giannis, the two-time reigning MVP, but Pat Connaughton is probably a close second on that list. So. I think that he's a guy that is certainly best served to be playing in front of these fans. And it may be coincidental, but the first game where we have fans back in the arena here at Fiserv Forum, that's the game where you see Pat Connaughton do what he did offensively, three of four on threes in the first quarter uh in that second quarter carrying it over there as well where he went one of three on threes but still poured in nine points in the second quarter and he had a five minute stretch too in that second quarter where it almost reminded you of that play thanasis had against the lakers but pat Connaughton did it on consecutive possessions on offense and defense blocking a shot attempt on both ends turning it into a quick basket Uh, That's probably the best five-minute stretch we've seen of Pat Connaughton's career. So you got 18 points out of Pat Connaughton at halftime. 18 points on 7-10 shooting. And you don't look for Pat Connaughton to sustain that. You don't think, man, we could get 30 points from Pat Connaughton. But the problem the Bucs ran into in this one was you didn't really get much from anybody outside of Giannis in the second half of this game. And I think that goes back to something coach Mike Budenholzer has said he said it again after the Oklahoma City Thunder loss in that we don't want to get to the point where we are just solely relying on Giannis and Chris Middleton to kind of bail us out here where we're just dumping the ball into them and saying hey go score and go save us here and I think that's one of the things that you've noticed with the loss of Drew Holiday it's worth pointing out there's a number of things we can point to the Phoenix Suns game and say you really missed Drew Holiday's defense there it would have been nice to throw him on Devin Booker or even Chris Paul, ideally Devin Booker, but it would have been nice to have him out there on both sides of the ball in the Thunder game. I think he could point to the offense and say, you know what? There was times when our offense kind of bogged down and stalled. It would have been nice to just get drew holiday out there and have him go get us a basket in the half court. It's something that he's really been able to uh, excel at doing that. You really missed it there at times, I think. And so I think the same can be said tonight where it goes back to that point that Bud made of we don't want to just rely on those two to kind of pull us out of the mess and say here we need you guys to come through here and save us that's where you miss Drew Holiday because he is a guy that when we talk about him being so underrated coming into his stay here with the Bucks, and wondering okay what is it about him that's so underrated and now having a chance to see him up close you get the sense of, okay, now we understand everything that why all of his teammates and why all of his peers say this. Because to me, the thing that's jumped out the most, I mean, we can talk about his ability to use both hands, but Drew Holiday's offense, I mean, we knew about the caliber of defender that he was and the ability that he had to defend multiple positions. He could defend guys in the post. He can defend point guards. He can defend four positions. We knew that coming into this. We knew he was an all defensive caliber player. Uh, just as good as Eric Bledsoe they just do different things but to me what stood out most about Drew Holiday so far that we've witnessed has been his offense and his offense around the rim and ability to finish in the post and when you talk about going through these stretches where you just can't get a bucket and look nobody expects the Bucks to score on every single possession but when you have these stretches pile up and they come at big moments where you get that lead down to two or five and it was eight and you're still hanging in there in a one-possession or two-possession game, and you just need a basket. You got to stop. You need to score and make this a one-point game or a two-point game. That's where you really miss Drew Holiday, and I think that really speaks to the point that Bud was making of it can't just be the Giannis show, or it can't just be Giannis and Chris that are bailing us out. We need more movement, and we we need other guys to step up and make shots, and Drew Holiday was always that guy, but that was the problem. In the second half, the Bucks scored 49 points, and 24 of those came from Giannis. In the fourth quarter, it was basically all Giannis. He scored 22 points, and he had nine of them. You just didn't have that other guy for as big as Bryn Forbes was for stretches in the second quarter, for as big as Pat Connaughton was for that entire first half. You just never had that other guy in the second half that you could lean on. Giannis, again, 24 points in the second half. No other Bucs player was in double figures. The next closest was Chris, who had eight points but only took six shot attempts, was three of six, in those uh, final 24 minutes. So they just couldn't find that other guy that stepped up and hit some big shots, and that was not the only reason why the Bucs were unable to win this one against the Toronto Raptors, but that really stood out and was a big, big problem area for the Bucs in this game. Well, bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college hoops, and the NHL, they're all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. They got it all real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. So after scoring 64 in the first half, just 49 points in the second half for the Bucs. And again, the offense did stall at times, shot 40% from the floor in that second half, but... Only four of 18 on threes, and that was one of the things that was most notable. They hit 10 threes in the first half, and a lot of those threes were coming from guys that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Pat Connaughton had the biggest of those halves, but just the overall point production that you got from Pat Connaughton, from Brent Forbes as well. You don't necessarily expect that to continue throughout the entire course of a game, but you needed somebody else to step up and kind of shoulder that burden and be that secondary guy for your team, and you just couldn't get it. Brent Forbes was held scoreless. D.J. Augustine, another tough night for D.J., also held scoreless. And I think what really stands out to you the most as we look at that second unit, another game where you get 36 points from the bench. But the bad news is all of that came from just two guys, 20 points from Pat and 18 of those in the first half, and then 16 points from Bobby Portis, who, again, flashed his offense and overall a good game from Bobby Portis. But this was kind of the opposite, where we go back to Sunday night in Oklahoma City, and we saw Bobby Portis closing this game. And I thought it was very telling that we heard the comments from Coach Budenholzer, who talked about some of the reasons why. And he referenced Bobby Portis's defense. And we know defense is going to be the first thing that Bud always brings up, and that's the thing that he instills in this team. It's defense, defense, defense. Think back to that series against the Miami Heat when the Bucks dropped that in five games, I mean, for all intents and purposes, they were swept by the Miami Heat. The offense did kind of struggle at times, and similar things that we're talking about now that the Bucks went through in this game, they went through it against the Oklahoma City Thunder. They went through that against the Miami Heat as well. And you also have to use the caveat that Giannis was hurt, but Bud afterwards, when we had a chance to talk with him again following those games, and then coming into training camp here With the Bucs before this season began, he talked about their defense and that it just was not to the level that this team has come to expect for their defense. And as Bud said, they felt as though if their defense would play at that level or would have played at that level, it's a much different series against the Miami Heat. So defense is always going to be the first thing that Bud preaches. He said after the game against the Oklahoma City Thunder that we saw Bobby Portis close, and a lot of the reason for that was, number one, Bobby just had the hot hand. 21 points again from Bobby. Seven of those came in the fourth quarter, another big second half for him. Uh, and and we only saw Brook Lopez play five minutes in that second half. But he cited the defense and said, you know, Bobby continues to get better defensively as the season goes on. And basically saying, you know, we've gotten to the point, without saying it, that we are more than comfortable with Bobby Portis out there. I think a lot of the personnel – had to do with it as well that dictated things where oklahoma city is no more stephen adams that it's you know al horford is a somewhat traditional big but oklahoma city was going really small they're playing without a point guard and there it was more positionless basketball where that lends itself to saying okay let's just switch more let's do things a little differently let's play with the and bobby portis out there so the fact that he's earned that trust from coach budenholzer where he says the defense is is it's to a level that i completely trust bobby portis And I'm more than fine with throwing them out there in those spots. That is something worth taking away and monitoring as we go through the season because we've seen the willingness by Bud to adapt this season and to change things more and more, especially on the defensive end where this is no longer just entirely the drop defense or running the drop defense for 96% of the time. And then here we'll try something different. They're willing, they being Bud, willing to do things differently this season. And again, we saw it at times tonight. So that is something worth keeping an eye on because Bobby Portis is tailor-made for playing different schemes there, whether it's switching or doing things outside of the drop defense. If you're going to run the drop, you got to play Brook. But if you're going to do things differently, Bobby Portis is probably the better guy to use there. So the fact that Bud is already saying, you know what, I'm confident and I believe in his defense, I can throw him out there, that should be good news for Bucks fans moving forward. Now, it was the opposite Tonight, where we saw Brooke Lopez closing out the game, and interestingly enough, but again, cited the defense after the game saying, Look, we just have an immense amount of trust in Brooke Lopez, and we were looking for our defense to come up with stops for as much time as we've already spent talking about the offense, hitting some rough patches, and stalling at times in this game. We needed the defense to step up and make some stops here, and that's why we went with Brooke Lopez because, you know. It, it, it you do wonder if we're going to see a timeshare where it's all right we need defense and essentially that's what we saw in these two games we need defense it's going to be brooks minutes to close we need to keep up with this team in terms of scoring bobby portis is going to play so those two games the loss tonight to the raptors and the loss to the thunder i mean those comments uh, by bud about his centers in these spots or at least his big men in bobby portis and, and uh, brooke lopez that, to me, was the most interesting part of these two games, just to hear how he views it and kind of try to get inside the mind of Bud and see, OK, potentially, what could he be thinking here with some of these things. Now, overall, four straight losses. This is something they have not done in the regular season under Bud. They have done it, obviously, under Bud. And coincidentally enough, the last time they did it was to the Toronto Raptors, and in this case, just the fourth loss to the Toronto Raptors. If it reaches five, That is going to be something the Bucs have not done since 2017, almost four years to the date. February 3rd, 2017, the Bucs had a five-game losing streak with that fifth loss in Utah against the Jazz, or actually in Denver against the Nuggets, and that was part of a stretch where they actually lost 10 of 11. So they haven't lost five in a row in four years. So they're looking to avoid that on Thursday, but – The other takeaway is this. I mean, they are still not 100%. There is still no Drew Holiday in the mix for this team. We don't know when Drew Holiday is going to be back on the floor. He's still a part of the health and safety protocols, though. You hate to even speculate. I would imagine it won't be until next week at the earliest that we would see Drew Holiday on the floor. So you're still not playing with him. But again, I I get that this team is trending towards 500, and it's nothing that we've seen under Coach Budenholzer here for the last two years But this is kind of what we negotiated, that we knew this was going to be a year of experimentation. And they were going to be trying some things, or we hoped that. And we said, look, I'll accept whatever the record is as long as the Bucs try some new things here in the regular season. And they put themselves in a much better spot for success as you get to the postseason by working on these things. And Brooke Lopez and Pat Connaughton have both talked about this. Giannis, to me, gave the best answer of everyone about this after the loss to the utah jazz where i i understand the frustration that you look at it and you say well this team is 16 and 12. you know 28 games into the season last year they were 23 and 5. so why is it that they're at this point and we keep hearing Giannis and other players say hey we're getting better you're not in terms of the wins and losses you're just not getting better well as Giannis put it you have to keep a few things in mind number one they're trying different things number two You need game reps to do it, that it's one thing to go through these practices and walkthroughs and film study, but you need to actually experience it. And once you get to practice, too, you're not implementing new things. You're basically just walking through things this deep into the season. So as Giannis said, there's a number of things in play. That entire trip, I mean, number one, it's two weeks away from home. It started under very unique circumstances with having to get off that plane, go back home for the night, and then leave to go to Cleveland the morning of the game and play a back-to-back, even the way the trip ended, where that just looked like a team that was ready to get off the road. And I think Brooke and Giannis and Chris said as much after that game. But even then, they couldn't even leave Oklahoma City. They had to stay there for an extra night because of the weather. So they were happy to be here. But as Giannis said after that Jazz game, We're getting better, and and what I mean by that is we're trying these things and we're getting more game reps at doing these things that we're going to understand how to attack and we're going to understand what works and what doesn't when we get to the postseason. Because Pat said a couple of weeks ago, in the last two years when we ran into moments of adversity, it was too late that our back was already against the wall. We had lost four in a row to the Raptors. That ended our season. The way that we we went out and flamed out against the Miami Heat, no pun intended, that ended our season. That by the time we hit those rough patches and that adversity, and yes, I realize they had the three game losing streak. And this team was already starting to look a little different towards the very end of the regular portion of the regular season. But again, Giannis was injured at that point. Um, it was almost too late. You had no time to try things out and say, okay, we tried this. This doesn't work. We tried this. This did work maybe we should do this more maybe we shouldn't do that maybe we should sprinkle the two you can't do that when you're facing elimination situations so you would much rather go through these moments and situations and take your lumps in the regular season and then hopefully start to peak once you get a month away from the regular or from the playoffs excuse me and start to hit your stride then the Bucks are in a position to do that with the way that they're playing right now but as Giannis said we didn't have time to practice this. I mean, we didn't really switch last year. We Sure, we've done it more this year, but we did it for the entire game against the Utah Jazz. And in the past when we did it, it was kind of reactionary where we would do it in the second half of games after bad starts and we would try to mix things up. And even then, it was something we didn't do a whole lot of. So it was kind of a feeling out process. Sure, other players on the team, and I think Drew Holiday was a big advocate, had done it. But We needed to do this as a team and go through that and see, Okay, here's how we need to attack this. But we didn't have time to practice this. We didn't have any practices, period. We're on the road, and we're kind of being thrown into the fire and saying, figure this out and try this. And Giannis keeps using the process versus results for Beach, which I think is basically the best way to put it at this point, that if we're going to get hung up on the results, I understand where the disappointment is coming from, but I would also push back and say the Bucs didn't win any rings for winning the regular season in the last two years. And I get you don't want to be a 500 team, and I don't think this team is going to be 500. I don't think this team is going to finish outside of the top three in the Eastern Conference because I do anticipate once you get to the second half of the schedule and once this team is hopefully fully healthy and get Drew Holiday back into the mix and start to develop more and more of that chemistry, They are going to be a much better team. And I think what we've started to see is there is some separation in the Eastern Conference and that the Bucs, the 76ers, and the Brooklyn Nets, those are clearly the three best teams in the East. And I think those are going to be your top three teams in no particular order. So as long as you can avoid some of those tough matchups early, because you're going to have to get through multiple teams. To get to the finals. You're gonna have to beat the 76ers and the Nets in all likelihood to reach that destination. As long as you can avoid one of those tougher matchups or a sleeping giant potentially like the Heat and Toronto Raptors in the first round of the playoffs, that's the ideal spot. But just continue to get better and figure these things out. And you keep pointing to a couple of things. Of number one, when they have their starters on the floor, they are still one of the best lineups in all of the NBA. And we've seen Coach Budenholzer is going to ride the starters this season. We saw it in the regular season. We've seen it in the regular season, and you know that is only going to increase in the postseason. Well, the improved Built Bar is even deliciouser, if that's possible. There's 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors as well. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, almond crisp. And by the way, I've been stashing a handful of Built Bars here On my way to the arena for these late nights in the Fiserv Forum here, and I can vouch Bilt Bar are the best. Twelve original flavors. you got coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange even. Toffee almond coconut peanut butter brownie all of it bars are covered in 100% chocolate soft and easy to chew it's great for the health conscious guy you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're also low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for keto diet built bar the best healthy choice when you're on the go. And now. Built Bar with an offer for you. Not only do you get the great taste of Built Bar, they've reset their offer here for this launch. Free cooler with any purchase. It's while supplies last. This is only going to last for a week or so. So hurry up and get to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And if I may recommend, try the peanut butter, try the cherry barcia, even the lemon, almond cheesecake, they're all great. I keep them all here at Five Surf Forum. So if you want to be like the Bucks Radio Network, bring Built Bar everywhere you're going. All right, so as we mentioned, the Bucks trying to avoid a five-game skid for the first time in four years. It's the same Raptors team that you take on. And you know, defense is certainly going to be the key, as we mentioned. It's the one thing that Coach Budenholzer constantly preaches here. Mentioned some of the struggles offensively and some of the struggles that DJ Augustine continues to go through. And I think I talked about this with Kane uh, a couple of weeks ago on this show, and that the thing that's really jumped out to me most about DJ Augustine is I think a lot of fans have certainly kind of raised an eyebrow at the times that DJ Augustine will attempt shots within the three-point line. But this is something he's regularly done. If you look at his shot profile throughout his career, he's taken about two-thirds of his shots from three, but the rest are at the rim. And shots at the rim this year, while most fans will look at it and think it's too much, it is a career low for DJ Augustine. So it's been an adjustment for DJ Augustine as well. And look, it's going to be important for DJ Augustine to find that shot and be able to consistently knock it down because, as we saw, the Raptors... The last thing I'll say about the offense, the Raptors were very aggressive in the way they attacked Giannis in this game. But my continued takeaway and what we've seen on this road trip and really this season overall is Giannis just looks more and more comfortable. And I think we saw that at times in the playoff series two years ago where Nick Nurse would do similar things. And you were trying to trap Giannis and build that wall and just send additional help defenders to try and cause the turnover or at least make him hesitate and think. And when Giannis first saw that, not necessarily building the wall, but whenever he would get in the paint or in the post, I should say, and the help defender would come over, the first few times that Giannis had to experience that, he certainly wasn't comfortable. And we saw him kind of hesitate and stomp and think and wonder about what am I going to do? The thing that I think I've noticed the most during this road trip especially is we don't see that hesitation. That Giannis has this plan and he knows exactly what he wants to do. The shot against the Phoenix Suns, where it didn't go in. And that's all we're going to spend time talking about. But the positive from that is Giannis looked very cool and knew exactly how he wanted to attack and was looking to take that shot in the final few minutes. And it kind of goes back to the final few seconds, excuse me. It kind of goes back to what we said about trying these new things in the regular season. Well, you want to get Giannis those reps as well. And I know he's hit game winners before, but you want to get Giannis in that spot for as much as we point to Chris and Maybe you want Chris Middleton to be the guy taking that shot or being in those situations. You still want Giannis to get more and more comfortable with that. And I think we're getting to that point. But tonight especially, the Raptors were very aggressive in how they would collapse on him and try to force those turnovers. It was immediate. As soon as Giannis caught the ball in the post, there was an additional player or two that were coming over to help out. And Giannis knew exactly what he wanted to do when was finding open guys, and that should be one of the biggest encouraging things here. Is I do believe they have surrounded him with much better shooters this year. I think the comparison is they have good shooters this year. Maybe it's not great, and it's not necessarily the best in the league, but they have good shooters. In years past, they had guys that could shoot and very streaky shooters and guys that you look for. Maybe this guy can get hot, but the shooting is no doubt better. Around him this season and if he's going to continue to get more and more comfortable as the facilitator and figuring out how he's going to attack as a distributor. That's going to make this offense even better and I think we saw more and more of that tonight. Um, The last takeaway is I think the more jarring thing from the stat line is we've seen Chris really embrace that role and be one of their better distributors and facilitators in the absence of Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton had zero assists tonight. So you look for that, obviously, to change in Thursday's matchup. But the point I was going to make on the defense, this has been a much better defense during the course of initially that five-game win streak and now the four-game losing streak. But this has been a much better defense for the Bucks here during the course of the month of February. It coincides with the calendar flipping to February 1. And they're a top 10 defense in all of the NBA during that stretch. So two weeks now that they've been a top 10 defense, I think they're 13th in defensive rating overall, but they're starting to ease gradually up into that top 10 ninth over the course of the last 15 days. And a big reason why is the way they've defended the three-point shot that they're basically in the middle of the pack in terms of three-pointers made by the opponent, three-pointers attempted, three-point percentage and the percentage of shots the opponent takes that are coming from three, the Bucks have moved away from 25, 27 in most of those categories to around 13 or 15 in all four of those during this same stretch. So they're defending the three better, and overall they're playing better defense, and you got to assume that's only going to get better once Drew Holiday returns. Again, when Drew Holiday returns, still TBD, but uh, as this team can continue to figure things out without him, they're going to get better once he's back in the mix and then kind of incorporate all of that into the picture as they hopefully snap this four-game losing streak and start a new win streak on Thursday in game two of this eight-game homestand. That's it for me. Thanks for listening and, and bearing with me. Kane will be back on the show shortly. And my apologies for all the background noise if you caught any of it, but it is, just, uh, it is very much a welcome sight and welcome sound to hear people other than just me Within this arena here at Pfizer Forum. Until next time, I'm Justin Garcia. It's been locked on Bucks.